down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back from uh, my intrepid week away to another episode of Art of War Down Under. This is episode 174, which is just wild to think that I've been doing this for that long. But thank you very much to everybody who supported me along the journey. We are here to review the third codex to come out for the great game of Warhammer 10th edition. And I'm joined by the metal man himself, Lex Luthor, uh, Professor X, Liam Hackett. I don't know. One of those names is correct. But how you doing, mate? Good, man. I look more like Megamind at the moment, to be honest. The head's bulging. Let's go. <laughs> and we're, yes, we've got the Necron Codex. We're going to be uh, reviewing it to the best of our ability from cover to cover. There are some things we can gloss over here. And, you know, wanting to get an entire Codex review into one episode of my show isn't always the easiest thing to do. There are some things here that have stayed exactly the same as they were previously. And there are some things that have minor tweaks. I'll be relying on the great Megamind to give us the rundown <laughs> of what is noticeably different what has stayed mostly the same and jumping into all the hot new detachments and rules therein but there are a lot of changes in addition to data sheets we may not get to the data sheets um and if that is the case we do apologize but you know there is a lot to get through for this bad boy and if you want the part two of this uh, amazing podcast that being the one you're listening to you know good for you <laughs> Over to Patreon, Art of War Down Under, and get uh, the part two there, which will be the lovely Liam Hacken and I um, disseminating the questions of our patrons, you know, reviewing a couple of lists and writing a few as well. But my man, tell us about the, the normal blokes. How are things going there? Things are going good. So I've been overseas the last couple of weeks, uh, similar to you, my friend, uh, over at the World Championships of Warhammer and then uh, uh, exploring South Korea um, with my lovely wife, which was an awesome Hell trip. Yeah. But now that we're back, we're going to be diving straight into the normal blokes. Yeah, as usual, you can find us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and we also pop some stuff up on YouTube. We're going to be having an episode also about uh, Necrons and Admet coming out pretty soon, so please check us out. Beautiful. And uh, for those following along us at home in post, um, we do apologize that this came out late for anybody wanting it live, but I thought it was best to wait until the points came out. I had a pretty reliable date. Um, of when the points would go live, and so we postponed this episode in order to get it as irrelevant and as poignant as possible. So, starting off, people at home, if you're coming back and rewatching this, you know, weeks, months, you know, possibly years, or you know, future, I have no idea. Um, page seventy-three is where we'll be kicking off. But the first thing we always do when we're talking about a codex review is to give our uh, our hottest of hot takes. So, Liam, going cover to cover through this book, what was your first impression? So my first impression was that um, they've just changed how Necrons play. So, you know, normally when you read a codex, it, you know, previously, like, you're open and Tyranid's codex and there's still a Horde build, there's still a Monster Mash build, etc. There's still, like, an MSU burrowy build. Necrons, this is the first codex I've read in a long time where every way that Necrons played before doesn't work yeah. anymore, but there's Dude. lots of new, hot, exciting, spicy ways to play. So exactly. I felt like I was actually, I was actually reading a different army. Well, exactly right. It's the, the first time, isn't it? So um, you, you said that exactly what I was going to say. Uh, Space Marine Codex came out. The Gladius is still alive and well. Nothing wrong. Did not change. No goalposts mm -hmm. shifted. No fundamental rewriting. It, it was just the same and more got added on. Tyranny exactly. is, is exactly the same as well. The Invasion's Fleet's still there. Everything that you loved in the Index is still there. And then more got added on. This is a fundamental reimagining of how Necrons play. And and straight up, if the... I don't, I'm not sure there's a single build from the index that has survived. I think they are. It's completely fundamentally different from the ground up. 
Very much so. And I think um, quite a lot of people's commentary online is really centered around that, either positively or negatively, Mm. where people are very much focused on the fact that how people used to play is dead. I'm not going to like, you know, sugarcoat that. It's dead. But I'm super excited about the new options. Well, it's yeah, exactly right. So one, and no offense to Necron players out there, it was getting pretty boring. You know, that Silver Tide, uh, he's, he's my Ungabunga Lich Guard and or Necrons one or two of, uh, and either you could kill them or you couldn't in enough time before they won the game. It was very... Oh. 110%. And, you know, I'm, I was ubiquitous for that. Like, I really loved the Silver Tide list. But the reality yep. was, is that it was poor game design that you would win or lose games basically in the list construction step of the game. Yes. And I, and I think that, that is a, this is a really positive step for the game of 40K to make it so that it's an interactive game. Well, the diversity that they've gone from from that, where the index literally had, you know, two, it, it, it fulcrumed around two units and 800 points of characters a lot of the time. The, the hero hammer was like real. Only T-Sun's hero hammered harder than the Necrons did in indexes. Um and now it's just like it's a diverse playbook with uh, at least I think at least two legitimate builds, possibly three. Sometimes some would say four, but we'll, we'll, we will see as we unpack as we go. Starting off on page, I think I said it was seventy, about seventy-three. We have the army rule reanimation protocols. You probably all know how this works because it has not changed one iota. But Liam's here to tell us how the application may have changed because it's. I guess this thing was. Not so much sprinkled liberally like Salt Bay from a great height. It was painted on with the thickest, not not thinned down paint onto data sheets here, there, and everywhere. It was shot out of a paint paint cannon onto every surface that (laughs) possibly existed. It was. It was just scattershotted against the... Yeah, yeah. Um, Around Amateur Pro Calls, it's the same, yeah? Yeah. So the ability is exactly the same. Your command phase, you heal D3 wounds. If any models get to full wounds and you have remaining models that are casualties that have lost wounds or are dead, you heal them and can restore models to the unit. But you have to restore models back to full wounds before you regain a new model. So um, it's exactly the same as it was before. The main thing that's changed, real Cliff Notes version, is that all of the synergy abilities and the things that buffed this have changed pretty drastically. And I think it's fair to say... Again, I'm very positive about the Codex, but this got nerfed pretty substantially. Mm. Mm. And I understand why that's happened. So, like, for example, Necron Warriors used to heal D6 wounds. That was their data sheet ability. Uh, or it was D3 plus 3. That was the main reanimation abuse that people used. Yep. Yep. Their abilities now changed to just re-rolling the D3. Um, Resurrection Orbs have changed. Ghost Arcs have changed. Reanimator has changed. Pretty much everything that did synergize rather toxically with reanimation protocols has become worse. The ability itself is still an amazing ability. Um, Everything in your army healing D3 wounds in your command phase, um, Mm. you can't really complain about that, especially when you have some really high-quality wound models that we'll get to later. Uh, But yeah, it's just not as toxic as I think it was before. Easy done. So moving on from there, we're going to the Awakened Dynasty detachment, of which so that there are five detachments here um, for the Necrons. So one less than Space Marines, but you know, Space Marines always get more than everybody else. So <laughs> although Tyranny's got six, didn't they? Tyranny's got six, or did they get five? Anyway, uh, thoughts for another day. The Awakened Dynasty is the index detachment. We're going to be glossing over this one fairly quickly, also. Um, and pretty much, Liam, what has noticeably changed here? 
So, interestingly, what's most notably changed about this detachment, from my perspective, is that they've incorporated what used to be a WTC FAQ into their actual rule. Um, they, actually changed one of, they actually changed one of the stratagems completely to match a WTC FAQ, which is fascinating. So, this detachment's not changed at all. Plus one to hit if you have a character in your unit. Same as before. Um, all they really did was rewrote some of the enhancements and rewrote some of the stratagems to be mm -hmm. more up-to-date wording or sort of be a bit more relevant. So, for example, used to have a really commonly used enhancement that was an aura of um, units within six count as being led by a character, which yep. made yep. some weird scenarios where, like, vehicles counted as being led by a character so could use and abuse some stratagems. They've changed that ability. It's now just an aura of plus one to hit which is probably a more reasonable design choice. Mm. Makes really not much sense to have a Doomsday Arc count as being led by a character. Um, other than that, little things like rather than an enhancement for stealth and cover, it's now just stealth. Just stealth. Yeah. Um, and most critically, um, it, this is more of a data sheet change, but it's relevant. That old Transcendent Catan can no longer take an enhancement. So you can no longer get the mm -hmm. uh, four-up feel-no-pain Transcendent Catan, but it's okay because they all have a jolly feel no pain now. They they it's just, they just got it on the data sheet. And I suppose that's how we're probably going to incorporate the data sheets in this. We're going to probably, I'll probably ask you, mate, what are the most relevant data sheets to this detachment, to this XYZ build, or what looks like it's going to shine, you know, via... I, th I think it's probably going to be more organic if we just sort of touch yeah. on it as we go along, yeah? Um, yeah, exactly right. Um, and uh, it, the, but, you know, the Awakened Dynasty, does it hold up? I think it does. I mean, your detachment ability here is plus one to hit, right, for squads. And Necrons have some obscenely cheap characters. Like, mm. you know, the Royal Warden is only 40 points. And now that fella, just to touch on that, gives you fallback, shoot, and charge. An S-tier 40-point character. Fallback, shoot, and charge for your squad and pick a unit within 12 and pass Battleshock. Plus four-shot damage to gun. For only 40 points, chuck him in a squad. Points. And in this, in this detachment, yeah. he also gives you plus one to hit. Look, I got to be honest. I think that is. Um, I think Awakened Dynasty definitely holds up. Some minor stratagem changes and stuff too, but your, you know, panoply of stratagems here is all pretty good. Mm. Um, the one here that I think is really important is, like I mentioned, they used to have a stratagem in this detachment that allowed you to bring a character back to life on half wounds yep. when they lost yep. their last wound, and that was a good stratagem. But the problem was is that if you got drastically overkilled the wounds kept flowing over because the stratagem occurred immediately. Instantly, yeah. But, yeah, but they've actually rewritten the stratagem entirely now that they come back at the end of the phase. No Ooh. two plus roll, no four plus roll. They just come back to life at half wounds at the end of the phase. This is actually a really potent stratagem now hmm. because big bo big boppers like Illuminor Zerus are infantry. You know, Imitate the Stormlord is infantry, stuff like that. And I think that having that stratagem to just guarantee no matter what your opponent does, no matter what Titan shoots a character, he yeah. will be alive at the end of the phase is well, actually really good. It's a huge deal for a lot of the secondary games at the moment. I mean, everyone's taking Celeste, everyone's taking, you know, Votan dudes with Deep Strike that get back up on death as a Palantine that gets back up on death. Getting back up on death is a premium way to play 40k. It's a very powerful thing to put in your army. And now they do it now with the, the minimum T's and C's, where they used to have the worst T's and C's. So I think that's a Absolutely. really good upgrade. Alright, moving on to the Annihilation Legion, the first of the new ones. And this, you know, 
it's the, for the destroyers and the flayed ones uh, and etc cetera, etc cetera. but the detachment rule here is each time a destroyer cult or flayed one unit from your army declares charge you can re-roll the charge roll full stop if one or more targets of that charge are below half strength add one to the charge roll as well so this you would hope means that there are some very powerful melee units in in this book uh and well pointed efficient because right now um if charging applies to exact of of the things that they've said applies to exactly three units flayed ones fitting destroyers and scorepack destroyers yeah and the scorepack lord so yeah oh, but basically lord, three yeah. units and a boss man yeah, and, and one character. is All this um, legitimately applies to. Sure, it applies to destroyers and heavy destroyers, but you, you're charging with them. Why? Um, <laughs> let's you get know, to the Exactly rest. right. Yeah, you know, let's this get is, to um, Sorry, go. Look, all, all I was going to say, right, is there's eight, including flayed ones, right? There's eight destroyer cult units in faction Necrons. Four of them are slappy and four of them are shooty. And your detachment rule... Only it's benefits fifty percent of those. Fifty percent of it, yeah. Um, so overall, that that is not a good start. Yes, we're, we're off to a rough one already. Um, give us the first of the enhancements, though, mate. So we got four here. The first ones are Eternal Madness. Basically, gives the unit fight on death on a four plus. Um, pretty, yeah, pretty spice. That's actually pretty good. Um, a it lot of it. the things we're going to talk about, though, uh, going back to what you said, where. We are making the assumption uh, that there are some really hard slapping Necron units that are efficient, mm. good points cost, and potentially durable, um, which is an assumption uh, that might be incorrect. <laughs> I did kind of set us up <laughs> pretty good. Well. Anyway, uh, um, Eternal Madness will run you 25 points for the privilege, by the way, but continue, mate. Um, so. Obviously, that's pretty good on a, on a big unit of Scorpex, um, but uh, important to note that it all has the caveat, like most of these abilities do, that it's if you have not already fought this phase. Yeah. So yeah. charging in, um, which is your detachment ability buffs, um, if you do that, you don't get any benefit from this enhancement. Mm -hmm. um, the next one is, again, for the bearer's unit, um, a critical wound improves the AP of your attacks by one. This is really, this is a bit of a bizarre Design choice, just yep. um, taken aside because uh, Scorpex and Aphidians get dev wounds twice per mm -hmm. game. Um, so critical wounds for them are devastating wounds. But and this actually just this actually just states Necron models. It doesn't state Destroyer Cult. Correct. So this is interestingly most interesting on something like Immortals, where you can go uh, Immortals with Xeris mm -hmm. that are already AP2 and then Critical Correct. Wounds with Reroll yeah. Wounds go to AP3 guns, which is actually yep. pretty... That's actually okay. Um, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. So I actually think that one's a bit of a win, just not for the units that I think it's designed for. Designed for. That one is only 10 points as well. So this this is a bargain. Uh, it is a bargain, if, yeah. And if this was in any other detachment, I would say near, it's it's like up there with auto takes for 10 points. But uh, as it sits right now, we will have to see how the rest go. Soulless 100%. Reaper is the next one. Destroy Court model. Each time an enemy unit is uh, within engagement range of the bearer's unit is selected to fall back. Roll a D6 on a 3+, plus. that unit cannot fall back this phase, and must remain stationary. Once again, that's actually a pretty spice uh, ability. It will run you 20 points. Is this any good? That's a win. There is no restrictions on it. It works on fly. It works on titanic models. It works on everything, right? Um, and like I said before, um, 
this one is pretty sick because you take it, obviously, scoreback lord, big unit of scorebacks, mm-hmm. you run them on yeah. in, and you can actually tag a lot of stuff. There's a strat yeah. later that synergizes as well. We'll touch on that. Mm. I think this is a if if I think this is in your build around. If you are taking this, this is the I think this is one of the best things you have you have going for you because it legitimately synergizes very well with you know rerolling charge rolls. You don't want to fail and not make it with this unit, and you want to get in tap as much thing, many things as possible and try and shut them down, lock them out. So I think this is extremely powerful. Hundred uh, percent. What's the last one? Uh, last one is Eldritch Nightmare. Awesome name for an enhancement. Awesome yeah, name. Oh yeah. Um, basically, <laughs> all um, enemy units in engagement range of the bearer. Important caveat there: it's not the bearer's unit; it's the bearer have to take a battle shock check. This is good. Like I actually do think this is good. There's a lot of defensive stratagems that can keep mm-hmm. people alive against Necron Melee. I just think making it the bearer rather than the bearer's unit is yeah. a bizarre kind of like nerf um, where like yeah. some similar abilities are unit. It's a frustrating brass ring to to get to. Like it is. It is. Yeah. It's annoying. It also, you know, exposes you a lot to precision as well. It's not like you're not like you, you can't. One of the one of the stock in trade of the previous Necron um, army and lists was cool. You have precision. You can't see my character. <laughs> and and, <laughs> you and not also see my boy. And also like uh, that. Um, Awakened Dynasty has the stratagem to bring a character back, but this detachment yes. firmly does not. Does not. Um, this one will run you 15 points. Is it fight? So the fight on death is the most expensive at 25, which is kind of fair enough. But the two I like the best is the the extra the the critical wound, extra AP, and the you cannot fall back. You cannot fall back. Um, is just on a three plus that is, that is a premium ability in the game of 40k and it's very especially hard when you can tag lots of units and just like it's, get them yeah. to, like hey man you've got to roll three three pluses is to shoot my score yeah. it's pretty good to to shoot to declare a gun on them like yeah it's very good um and as for the that enhancement package i don't mind it it's got two really good ones it's got one air and got one Actually, no, it's got three really good ones it's just whether whether or not fight on death at that price point is worth it for you i think yeah I agree. All right. First of the strats, Mask of a Death. And of course, uh, for those who do not know, each one of each, each and every single one of the detachments so far that we have seen for 10th edition, it can't, uh, sorry, uh, comes with you know an army rule, four enhancements, six stratagems. And we are starting to call them your package, your detachment package. Uh, so those are the enhancements. Here we go with the stratagems. So Mask of Death, one CP. I'm pretty much going to be letting you know which, which of these are battle tactics. Throughout this, but yep. apart from that, won't be noting any of the others. Um, is this occurs in your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase, just after an enemy has selected its targets, and the target is one destroyer cult or flayed one unit? Uh, that was the target until the end of the phase. Each time attack targets that unit subtract one from the hit roll. So minus one, a reactive minus one to hit. Essentially, a lightning fast reactions shooting phase or fight phase. Not bad. That's just good. There's very little that's bad about that. One CP appropriately costed. It's good. What's the next one? Um, the Spore of Frailty. I, again, I actually love the names of things in Statue. Really good. It's so no Thurdiger. It's no Thurdiger, but it's pretty good. It's no Thurdiger. Um, this dude is indeed. Uh, this stratagem is indeed a battle tactic. Um, it's yep. uh, shooting or fight phase again. You pick a destroyer cult or flayed one. Similar wording to a lot of the enhancements here. Um, that is not shot or fight yet this phase. And basically, if you're targeting a unit that's below starting strength. You add one to the hit roll, and if it's below half strength, you add one to the wound roll. So this is an okay stratagem. I think it's actually mm. pretty good. However, there's a couple of like odd things here in the sense that um, all of the units that want to benefit from this 
like Scorpex, Locusts, et cetera, re-roll hits is their data yes. sheet ability now. Yes. I like Scorpex re-roll if they charge. And so I don't see this being used very much for the first sentence, but if they're below half strength, I can see you get wanting to get the plus one to wound as well to make you finish off something tough. The problem is, is that if it's below half strength, you might not need the buff to finish it off. Yeah, so it, it, it's situational, but cool. And um, this one and the next one are both battle tactics, but also um, the only Necron units that can use free battle tactic stratagems are not Destroyer Cult. So mm. um, whilst battle tactic is nice, I think in this detachment, it's almost bad that you've got battle tactic stratagems because yeah. it can only hurt you, really. It can only be taxed. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up is murderous reanimation. One CP. It happens in the fight in the fight phase. Just fight phase. Um, destroy a cult deflated one unit, of course, uh, that has just destroyed an enemy unit or just caused an enemy unit that was not below half strength to become below half strength. Your unit reanimation protocols activate. So one CP to be like, I killed you or I hurt you real bad, and now I regen. Um, that can be really key for taking objectives, blocking off. You know, getting extra OC here, there, and everywhere, or just, you know, surviving through the opponent's next turn. I, I actually think this is kind of cute because you can do it in the fight phase. You can do it in your opponent's fight phase and then go straight into your command phase and reanimate again, yeah? Yep, yep, 100%. So, I, I see this being used a lot. I think this is great. I think this is really powerful. I think the really good thing about this strat, for example, is, um, and something that sort of occurred to me was, if you charge unit a Scorpex in and you have a Scorpex Lord, and you spend the CP to get um, Epic Challenge, and you actually kill a character, even if you kill no models in the enemy's unit, you, you've still killed a unit because you killed the character. Oh, yeah, so you, that's true. So you can actually Epic Challenge and then reanimate, um, which is actually actually pretty cool. That is really cool, actually. That's actually really good. I didn't think about that at all. That's fantastic. Um, all right, what is the next one? The next one is Pitiless Hunters. Uh, we are still in battle tactic territory. So it's actually got three yeah. battle tactics. Three. Four battle tactics, no less. My word. Um, wow, there's actually four of them. I did not expect yeah, that. Anyway. That's wild. I don't know how they decide that, by the way. Do they have like a hamster wheel or something that they, you know, the <laughs> what's this one going to be? Spin the wheel. Anyway, what is it? No, look, I think that's a pretty fair point. So this one is our fight phase. Uh, again, destroy a cult or flayed one. It's when you select them to fight. It's um, when you pile in and when you consolidate, you can go up to six inches, not three inches. This is sick. This is my, this is my winner stratagem for the whole yeah. package um, because this obviously synergizes so well with the Solus Reaper enhancement. Mm. But more importantly, it's just good on everything. Being able to move 12 inches in the fight phase is just incredible and i think the crazy thing about this is it because it works on flayed ones you can do mm -hmm. some disgusting stuff where you just have a 10-man flayed one unit charge turn one because they infiltrate and just you know 12 inch move and just wrap something like honestly if you get a charge off on an impulsor or something your 12 inch move will mean all 10 of those bad boys are going to be wrapping that thing in base contact yeah. and making yeah. life really really bad for your opponent I think this is awesome. I think this is a fantastic strat. And there are other versions of, of similar strats, but most of them don't... If, if I'm wrong, I can't think of one that keys off both pile-in and consolidate. Like, you, you, both of them get doubled. But it just not, seems... Not at the top of my head, no. Yeah, neither. Yeah. It, it seems really potent. Um, I think that is... I think it's, it's absolutely amazing, to be honest. Um, it's pretty awesome. So many, 
so many times I have seen people be like, okay, I need to get this on the charge to get enough ca- enough units on the objective to take it off you. And they roll a four and one of them makes it onto the objective. <laughs> Stuff like that. But, and the fact that this keys um, very nicely with the Annihilation Protocol, pl- the Rewalse Charges, is quite nice also. Um, Blood Fuel Cruelty is up next, one CP. It's in your opponent's movement phase. Just after an enemy unit ends, uh, ends a fallback move. Um, mm-hmm. So one destroyer called flag one unit from your army that started the phase within or um within engagement range of it. Roll a D6 on two to five, they suffer D3 mortal wounds. On a six, they suffer three mortal wounds. And then your unit can make a normal move but must end as close as possible to that enemy unit. So it's a normal move, so you can't go back into engagement range. Plus some sprinkled CP. I could see some really, really cute applications for this. What do you think? Look, again, I think it's appropriately costed for one CP. I can see it again situationally, okay? where a little tank or something with one or two wounds remaining yeah. gets out of combat and you get to both kill it and then move. I think this is really restrictive, though. Both this and the next one, which we'll touch on in a sec, yeah. have a very strict wording that it's a normal move, so you can't re-engage, but also um, you have to move as close as possible mm-hmm. to that enemy unit. And you've got to remember, these bad boys move eight. So... I can see a world where you would choose to use this stratagem or not use this stratagem based 100% on like where ruins are, like on the table, because you could theoretically put yourself in a horrible position. Um, Yeah. I would be, I would be, next time we play, if you played this, I would be trying to pull you into firing lanes, pull you out of position by where my fallback move is. I would be trying to use this against you or make it bad or make you not want to do it. I, I think so, and I think that it it probably, um, considering like the power of this detachment, I feel like again this and the next one are also missing a pretty critical rider that you because they're normal moves. You obviously can't re-engage things. Yeah. Um, I actually don't know if that would push this detachment into the broken territory, but I think this would if push the detachment. In. Mm. I think it would actually push this detachment into the like quite competitive thing on its own i think if that that was a rule that existed um mm. but it doesn't and so i think those strategies are just okay yeah all right give us the last one brother insanity's ire so sh- uh your opponent's shooting phase just that enemy unit is shot very similar to the previous one destroy colton flayed ones can make a normal move but must end as close as possible to yeah. that enemy unit i like this stratagem actually more than the former one because it doesn't say it doesn't say you have to um uh, for example, it, it it's you have more agency over which unit you activate. So if your opponent shoots your destroyers with like three units, it's basically every time you shoot, if your opponent makes a sequencing mistake or if you know one of the units is in a favorable position, you can then just move eight inches towards that unit. That's a win yep. of a strat. Yep, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Um, my cogs have been turning on Bloodfield Cruelty, the previous one, just for a moment. Yeah. Um, so it does it does the splash mortal wounds and then you do then the move then it's full stop and the move part activates. Um if I kill them with the mortal wounds, I just get to move wherever I want, right? Um I don't think so. And I, I say no, that because I, when I, when yeah. I was reading it, you yeah. can't end closer to a unit that doesn't exist. So if you kill them with the mortal wounds, you don't get to move. Correct. That's that's literally the worst scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, and and it's a similar thing to um, like you can't use reanimation protocols when you're off the table because you can't 
place your models in unit coherency if the models aren't on the table. It's Similar to this. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can't move closer to a unit that's not on the table. Um, so I'd argue you can't move at all. Mm, that's going to yeah. Ask your local TO how they want to rule that because they might be they might be uh might be kind to you and say you just get to move. But um, yeah, I was worried that was going to be the interpretation. Anyway, uh, that is that brings us to the end of the Annihilation Legion package. This is a bit of an all over the place. There's yeah. There's a bit there's a sprinkle of goodness in a bunch of weirdly terms and conditioned awkwardness. If that makes sense, this this looks doesn't look great to me. Mostly because of the diversity of units to use them on. Um, don't get a lot of things like like, like I think we, I think we pretty much said at the start. You're going to have to have really efficient choices in here to make this good because I think only half of the destroyer units get anything out of this. There's not is there any even anything here for the shooting units? There is absolutely nothing, nothing here for the shooting units, uh, which also includes two out of three of all Destroyer Cult characters, the Hexmark and the Locust Lord. So um, if, you, if you play into a yeah. matchup where you don't want to charge them, World Eaters, uh, your detachment doesn't do anything. <laughs> I also think uh, notoriously, based on like this edition thus far, any abilities that trigger off below half strength have been mm. notoriously bad. Just, just being Correct. honest. Because um, most of the things, for example, that are below half strength, shockingly, are more than half dead. So you don't really want to be committing resources, especially when you have big Death Star units, which is kind of how destroyer destroyers have to play. Um, well, you don't really want to be committing there's, there's, them into a yeah hurt unit. Yeah, yeah. But apart from flayed ones, which I actually hear flayed ones. You, you've you've already you've already mentioned flays ones as as cool as something you know worth noting. Whether or not that you'd want to take thirty of them uh, is entirely up to you. But uh, <laughs> apart from them, everything is a is, is a multi wound you know small package unit. You can't take more than six of any of these things. I think you can take seven destroyers if you take a heavy, um, six and heavy. But that's the biggest unit you're going to get, and they're expensive. For what you, you, so you are going to want to invest heavily in yeah. making sure these things do their jobs. The um the destroyer thing was last dead. Just FYI, can no longer pop a heavy in the normal boys. Oh really? That's uh, yeah. that's kind of a shame, but fair enough. Yeah, but, I think uh, I think this detachment tries to bring some of the um the themes from the old the Annihilation Legion uh, Army of Renown from Ninth Edition. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Where I think it falls down is that uh, it's not just that everything here is merely; it's that it actually doesn't buff the problems with the destroyer cult units which is damage a, a, a um score pack unit is just not a comparable unit to like sword brethren for example mm. except you know these are three wound um you know crab monsters that are 60 million years old but their weapons are still damaged to uh strength seven AP2, with no way to yeah. buff really any of that outside of like stratagems. I was mm. really, really hoping this detachment would be a damage buff, which I think is what yeah. the Necron units are lacking. We did not get that it, apart from plus one AP on a critical wound. Uh, mm. Apart from that, we really didn't get any buff. So just quickly for some of the, the points, it'll run, it'll run you 200 points to take six score picks. Um, another yep. hundred points for the Scorpec Lord. That's you know, of course, if you are taking a Scorpec Lord, there are, I think, three decent enhancements for you to consider chucking on that guy. Um, Flayed wants to run you 140 for the full package of tens. That's um, that's uh, not cheap actually. 
140 for 10? No, it's one not. Wound, uh, one wound for a one-wound T4 model. Yeah, that's, that's pretty pricey. And uh, Locust Destroyers and Heavy Destroyers, uh, so that's 180 for Mash Unit of Locust Destroyers, 150, 50 points a model for the Heavy Destroyers. So, like I said, it's all it's all pretty expensive. There's no real cheap chaff you can just chuck in there, apart from you know you know maybe just some scarabs, I guess, but they don't hold objectives for you. Uh, but that's 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 my issue. What's gluing this army together? What's making it work when I take when I take these big package units that you know can do a lot of stuff if, if used appropriately? What actually is the rest of my army? You know, and and if and when it boils down to it, and I find out there's only two or three destroy units worth it, well, is the annihilation like? But you know, like that. Annihilation Legion worth it, <laughs> and I think, unfortunately, right now, probably not. And that's only because you you will pay attention and you will watch and you will learn that there is some awesome stuff coming. Um, yeah, beautiful segue. Canoptic Court Baby, tell us tell us about the Power Matrix, the power of the Matrix, Neo. So we are going from the uh, let's say like D tier. We are going straight to the S tier detachment. This mm-hmm. is a a good book ending for this conversation. Um. So Canoptech Court, Power Matrix. This is an, I, I reckon, and I say this without any reservation, this is the best detachment rule I have ever read. It's um, cool. It is cool. So your Power Matrix is thematically where the Cryptex lightning and power cables and all that garbage is coming out of the ground and making the Necrons angrier. So uh, certain areas of the battlefield count as being within your Power Matrix. And you basically check this at the start of every phase. Your deployment zone, always your power matrix no man's land is your power matrix if you control at least half of the objective markers this is important because my understanding um, was a similar ability for demons Mm -hmm. is more than half of the objectives yes Um, so this is actually better than that it's just half or more so in a four objective mission you only have to hold um two two objectives in no man's and then um your opponent's deployment zone is the same thing if you control more than half but to my understanding, there's just all the missions one. is just one. So bizarre, one. but I'm yeah. um, sure if you hold more than half of one, uh, you yeah. get your opponent's DZ. <laughs> now, Canoptech court models in this detachment always reroll ones to hit. But if your unit is wholly within your power matrix, chapter master rerolls to hit, full rerolls to hit. Oof. Now, the reason why this is so spicy is that this benefits. All Canoptech units, which is a pretty diverse range of units, uh, including some, a lot of Forge World choices, mm-hmm. and all Cryptech units, which is like five, six characters and any squads they join, they join. because they, of course, have the Cryptech keyword. So this so, is not a restriction at all. It's whatever the hell you want, pretty much. No, as long th- as this is basically taking a really competitive series of units and giving them Chapter Master rerolls to hit. Mm-hmm. Like... That is just really good. But the reason I actually like it above just being powerful is that it's kind of interactive in the sense that if you need to clear the objectives because your opponent's beating you, you're actually not going to get chapter master rerolls to hit, which is probably Correct. when you need it the most. Correct. But if you're, but so your opponent actually has some interactivity with you getting a buff, but the buff is really potent. It, this is a good rule. It's an unabashed win more. Just slapped on there. If you are winning, you are more powerful, um, and I actually, I actually respect that. But the reason that it, the only reason it works, it's because it's at phase, it's end of phase, end of any phase. Absolutely. you activate. So you might not have it for the shooting phase, but you might get it for the charge phase. Because and, you, and, and something that's might... really um, interesting about this ability that, that came up as soon as I read it is that 
all of the sticky objective abilities, this addition, say that your opponent only unstickies that objective at the start or end of any turn. Mm -hmm. So against Necrons, abilities like Custody, Sticky Objective Ability, are actually really potent because it means that if you sticky it, I don't get it back to the end of the turn. So my shooting, my fight phase, I just don't get it. Yep. I, I love it. I, th- I think this is. I think it's fantastic. I think it's got a nice push and pull to it, and the power is amazing. I mean, can you believe that they nerfed Oath of Moment and then they gave you this? I'm just joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, jumping... it's honestly such an incredible ability. All right, jumping into the enhancement package, Dimensional Sanctum, Cryptic model only, straight up model in the models in the Bearers unit have the infiltrate ability. Bajinga, that is a baller ability. <laughs> so... I like how you can use so few words. Like it's the it's the smallest enhancement words wise, right? Possible, and it's just the best. Like it's it's, it's just so, good. so incredibly good. Rocks in at only twenty points. Why is this cheaper than fight on death? We will you never would, know. Dude, you um, would pay forty. You would legitimately I would pay, pay forty. 40. I would pay forty for yeah. this. Um, Crazy. This is this is really amazing. And um, depending on how like the order you want to do this in, there's like a clear winner. For, for this enhancement uh, and this package. Do, do you want me to touch on that, or what, what do you want to do? Let's go. Let's go. So, look, just diving right in, this detachment is the Wraith detachment. Let's be realistic. Yeah, it is. Um, Wraiths are the winner of the new Necron Codex. Um, their points remain unchanged. They gained an extra wound, and Technomancers, the feel-no-pain character, can join these units. So you now have a four-wound, three-up armor, four-up invo, five-up feel-no-pain unit, rocking in at only, like, 36-ish points a model. Like, 220 for six of them. So that's still 24 wounds of that incredible profile. Going back to life. Yeah, coming back to life. They They do fly over mortal wounds. They've got damage to attacks, and now the guns are free, so they've got pistol weapons that do dev wounds. There's very little not to like about raids. But they move 10 now rather than 9, and they're beasts, so they can bust through walls. walls. But most importantly, now you can infiltrate a squad. So you're yeah. starting this durable brick, theoretically, 9 inches away from your opponent, and then they move 10. This is aggro. This can be defensive. This is good mm-hmm. board presence. This just wins. This, this slaps. I'm very, it's very a, happy about this. It's starting like a mid-strength bully unit on your opponent's doorstep. It's not a full. It's not. It's not ten aberrants. You know that kind of strength, but it is like not that expensive, and it is extremely hard for your opponent to quantify the resources they need to remove it. It's just a problem. It's a, just a huge problem unit um, of starting on your opponent's doorstep. It is. Fantastic. And for 20 points, why would you not infiltrate a unit is the question. Yeah, exactly. That is an auto-take. have to be silly. Yeah, that is an auto-take. The next one is the hyperphasic fulcrum. Yep. Model only. While the bear is leading a unit, if the unit is wholly within your army's power matrix, each time the uh, model in that unit makes an attack, reroll a wind roll of one also. So this, I believe, is best used on a shooting unit, just kind of bouncing around in your deployment zone, and then, you know, jump out to no man's land when you get it. But that is, well... Very, very good. Yeah, I mean, that is an okay strategy. I think the best shooting units in this detachment are still Immortals, which already re-roll Wounds of One. Oh, that's Um, true. So it's a bit bizarre. It probably still will just go on a unit of Raids, to be honest, Mm. because like Immortals already re-roll Ones or full re-rolls to Wound, um, and Warriors are poopy. So um, it'll run you 15 points. 
15 points. Okay, probably take yeah. it if I had the points. Yeah. Um, next. The next one, though, is Spicy Spicy. Uh, it's is basically, uh, so Auto Divinator. Um, whenever it's a Cryptek, all of these are Cryptek models only. Uh, each time your opponent gains a CP as the result of an ability, important keyword there, um, roll a D6, and on a 2+, plus, you also gain one CP. Now, this is really interesting because um, I, I really like this and I've thought a lot about this enhancement. So there are quite a few units like Abaddon, Marnius, Calgar, et cetera, uh, Ethereal, et cetera, yeah, Azrael, yeah. that give you two CP, right? Which um, in your command phase, which this triggers, okay? And also like Gretchen and Gene Steeler Colts, many factions have this ability. Now, normally, if opponents, in my experience, if opponents don't get the extra CP, disproportionately those players play tactical. So you can do something really interesting with this auto divinator where you can actually try and like match your opponent and change your approach game on game Mm -hmm. at an event where if your opponent is, has a CP regen character, ironically like Imitech the Stormlord for Necrons, I feel like they're probably going to play fixed because they don't get any benefit from the CP from playing tactical. But if they have a CP ability, now you do as well. So you can go fixed. So you can match them and like try and do what they're doing, but do it better. Mm-hmm. But if they don't have a CP ability, you can just play tactical as normal. And, oh, well, this is 15 points that doesn't benefit you this game. So it's actually kind of interesting where you can kind of like get CP regen in some games, but not in other yes. games. It's, what I think is cute is just how the auto divinator has activated the Megamind. And so you, you went straight into the tunnel of um, psychological Chess match. Oh, I, I, really, I really like that I, sort of stuff. I really like it too. I, I'm taking nothing away from your. your uh, I think you're exactly <laughs> spot on. I just found it amazing how deep in, you went instantly because you, you're right. As soon as you started saying that, I'm like, man, I really get to influence my opponent's willingness to take fixed over tactical, and I benefit either way, kind of. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Really cool. Um, all right. The, the last one is the metalodermal Tesla weave. Uh, that's not the best name. Actually, I like it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> model only once per phase. Once per phase, when an enemy unit selects the bearer's unit as the target of a charge, roll d6 on a two to five. The enemy unit suffers d3 mortal wounds on a six or suffers three mortal wounds. Never heard of you, uh, metalodermic, metalodermal Tesla wave. You suck. <laughs> so, ten points. Look, ten for, points. For, for ten, for ten points, I'd probably take the other three. Right, I'd probably take the other three before this one. Um, the only thing that I kind of like about it is that it, it can go off like multiple turns, uh, but mm. it's still once per phase, so it's it's okay. Um, I yeah, what's guess. This, what's this mystical unit in 40k that isn't Necron Warriors that's getting charged more than once and surviving? Exactly. Look, wraiths maybe, um, but realist realistically, the other three are better. So. Absolutely, they are. Um, in fact, the other three are well. The, the the best. The first one is the best one, and the first one is an auto take, auto include. Never leave home without it. If you didn't take it, please explain why. I want a one thousand per word dossier. I want pictures and photos. If you are not taking infiltrate, <laughs> yeah, t- t- tell yeah. tell me why, and then tell me who hurt you. Yeah, exactly um, right. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's get into the. Sorry, you go. Yeah. All I was going to say is this stratagem package. Um, if the previous stratagem package was the Necrons waking up after a long sleep, this stratagem package is them being firmly awake. They are caffeinated. They are red bulled. They are ready to go. This stratagem package is money. Like th- I am very much open to a Red Bull sponsorship, by the way, Red Bull, if you're listening. 
Counter-Tech Court gives you wings. Let's go. It does. Um, Let's go. (laughs) So, so look, diving right in, um, there's a bunch of battle tactics here. Uh, One is not the first one. We'll touch on that in a sec. But the first one um, is Curse of the Cryptic. Now, this is weird. I don't know why this is battle tactic, because this can't benefit any unit that has free battle tactic and mm. it's really a once per game ability so no negative abilities can affect it either not really sure why it's battle tactic but whatever so this is really weirdly worded but the long story short of this is your opponent's shooting or fight phase um uh sorry opponent's shooting or just the fight phase when a cryptech model is slain the rest of your army gets plus one to hit and plus one to wound against the unit that killed that cryptech model for the rest of the game this is awesome. This, this is, is really spicy. good. This you would is almost good. you'd almost get your boys killed just to like get plus one hit weird against your opponents. You know, bouncing centurions and stuff like that. It's there is going to be times where it's just just great. It, it's like fantastic. The the, the yeah. thing for me about this and when you is couple that, it with the fact that you have you know the power matrix going on as well. Yeah, like, what a good stratagem for an army that, again, struggles with damage. But more importantly, Mm -hmm. you're going to have, like, four or five Cryptechs in this detachment. You're going to have a Cryptech in every Wraith unit, and you're running 18 Wraiths. Like, I cannot think of a reason why you wouldn't run 18 Wraiths. So if you're running 18 Wraiths, your opponent's like, oh, my, you know, 10 Terminators and Abaddon have successfully killed... Um, one of the three units of raids, cool. Now, the other 12 raids get plus one to hit and wound. Like, yeah. it's just it's, awesome. It's fantastic. And there's so many units that you have to, you just have to kill in the game of 40k at the moment. Like, the, your win con is making sure this XYZ unit is not here. And this just lets you do that. It just really lets you do that. The other thing that's really hilarious about this is it actually is a bizarrely awesome buff for Scarabs. Because huh. scarabs, scarabs are strength two, so strength two with plus one to wound is actually like quite good in, in yeah, volume because yeah, you're wounding like big things on fives. Yeah. So it, it's it's just kind of bizarre how like they can it can literally double the output from a scarab unit. Um, that is funny as hell. It's pretty funny. Right. Um, um, moving on though, so Cy Cy knows you of eradication. Sinosia Eradication. It totally is the 30 go. Uh, this is a 2CP strat, so big things. At the start of your shooting phase or at the start of the fight phase, one uh, Canoptic or um, Cryptech unit from your army that is wholly within your army's power matrix. To the end of the phase, weapons equipped by models in that unit have the Devastating Wounds ability. Yes, that should be 2CP. Is it any good though, mate? Uh, yes, it should be 2CP, but no, it should not be a battle tactic stratagem. No. So... That's going to that be three is, CP. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It could also be free. Is the problem because that's true. That, that too. Yeah. So, look, the thing that's bouncing around the internet at the moment that is worth touching on is an Overlord, ten Immortals, and a Plasmancer. Immortals have the Tesla weapon. Uh, rock in at um, I think it's a, a two hundred and eighty points, pretty much on the nose. Whilst that's an expensive little package, what this unit does is it shoots ten shots. Sorry, twenty shots with critical fives because of the Plasmancer, and every five plus is three hits because of sustained mm-hmm. hits too. They re-roll all hits because the Plasmancer has the Cryptek keywords, gives the whole squad the Cryptek keyword. So you go fishing for, on average, 12 critical hits, which is 36 hits on its own, mm-hmm. plus the other um, 
six hits you get. So you're getting 40 to 42, like roughly hits on average. And then if you're shooting a unit on an objective, you get full rerolls to wound. Um, some quick maths in my head says like 12 to 13 devastating wounds is about average, yep. but that's before the plasmancer's ability which gives um, roll four dice, every four up is a mortal wound as well. And then the Plasmancer basically has a three-shot Plasma Gun as well, which is also devastating wounds. There is a not unreasonable world. This can do like 18 mortal wounds um, to pretty much any unit, Um, most of those being devastating wounds. Um, That is oppressive. Does everyone everyone remember the uh, the Kassikin bomb uh, at the end of Ninth Edition? This yeah. is legitimately. This is what that is. It's if you need to, if you need to conjure in your head, what what what's going to happen? This is a more expensive version of that. It is pretty ferocious, though. When somebody loses a knight, like this, this easily kills a uh, this easily kills a little knight, kills a wardog, yep. kills an armager, yep. like no problem whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> and then you know you lose half your wraith guard model, your wraith guard unit. You're gonna, it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck. Um, whether that is it, whether so having good. you go. So, sorry, sorry, man. Sorry, I totally interrupted. But look, I think this is just a bit too good, to be honest. And I say that because obviously they nerfed dev wounds um, the way that they did in the sense that they don't flow over anymore. But all of these attacks, apart from the plasmants, are damage one. So we're basically back to just doing mass dev wounds like we were before, yeah. um, which is just it, there's no target that this is not effective into. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's just never, never going to be the wrong thing to do. Um, for 280 points and only essentially, can you take multiples of this package? You could probably take two, but is it is it even worth it to take two? I don't know. So full disclosure, um, I'm going to an RTT uh, very, uh, on Sunday and I am taking 20 Immortals. Um, uh, because, there you go. Because I think that this stratagem package has so many good picks, but you're going to have games where you just want to dump them all into damage. Mm. Uh, and when you do, you can do the stratagem twice. It's battle tactic. So one of the units goes, boom, and then the other unit does yep. the stratagem for free. And suddenly you're dumping 36 devastating wounds on yep. anything on objectives. Um, yep. You can kill Abaddon and 10 Terminators outright with devastating wounds. Um, you know, like not, yeah, not even that wild. It's that's that's on average math. It's not even that wild to to consider. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I I hate love about this is that the immortals with full rerolls to hit are actually a pretty oppressive Overwatch like unit yes. as well. Yeah, um, like you don't really want to be moving around near that unit. Um, honestly, amazing stratagem. Um, if I was if I was writing this, I would not make it battle tactic. I would make well, it. You the, have to always pay two CP for it. Well, this is obviously the one. This is the one that GW probably didn't see coming because there's no reason for the best immortal unit to be in the Canoptic Court. You know, correct. Um, and, and 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 or it's actually the, sorry. It's just the best shooting unit in the whole book. It's the best shooting unit in the Codex is what you just described, and Excellent. one of the best shooting units in the game. And there's no reason for that to be in the Canoptic Court. It could have you know really added a lot to any of the other detachments. But the fact is, this is just like the cherry on top for this one. Um, Firmly it, agree. Yeah, extremely powerful, and it's probably the thing that puts it over the top because it was already it was already the detachment that had the thickness, the wounds, the the reliability, the durability, and the jank, and now it does have the damage check as well. This and you and I have both already described this as this is the the truly holistic uh, detachment in this one. You think it's just oh, okay, cool, it's just canoptic, but no, this is holistic. This does something for everything in the book almost. Um, yeah, there's very few units that doesn't benefit. Yeah. All right. Solar Pulse up next. Love it. Um, 
So this is awesome. Cryptech unit from your army. You pick an objective within 18 of that Cryptech. And then for the rest of the phase, all attacks are made by your army against enemy units within range of that objective marker gain ignores cover. This is cool. good. Because even though the detachment ability does literally nothing for things like Locust Destroyers, Mm -hmm. this, of course, can give Locust Destroyers Ignores Cover, which is something they really wanted because they're only AP2. AP2. This also benefits your Immortals. This benefits everything. And it's a pulse on an objective for a whole phase. So, like, this this doesn't necessarily just pick an an enemy unit. This picks an objective marker and go, I want to try and clear this objective marker this turn. Good. Correct. It's just a good strat. And what I love about it is that it keys into, you know, your power matrix, taking objectives and turning on and activating more parts of the board. It is just in sync with what you want to be doing anyway. 100%. To activate your army. So, yeah, I do love how this is. The synergies are overlapping already. Reactive subroutines for one CP is up next. It's in your opponent's... Uh, sorry, that last one was not a battle tactic. Sorry, I thought it might have been. No, no. Your opponent's movement phase just after an enemy unit uh, ends a normal advance or fallback move. One uh, canoptic unit from your eye that is within nine, you get to make a normal move up to six reactively for one CP. We've already seen this be a very good stratagem for a bunch of different other armies, and this will be uh, no different. I think it's going to be very potent. This is, again, awesome. And, you know, your infiltrating unit of raids can now move back if they're being aggro or move forward, um, which is pretty funny. But I think the... um. Maybe one of the unintended consequences of this is that raids do mortal wounds when they make a normal move yes. and move over an enemy unit. So um, one of the uh, issues that I've seen come up is you can potentially do like up to seven mortal wounds in your opponent's movement phase um, if they get too close to a unit of raids, which I don't think is intended because my understanding was is that for Gene Stealer cults, the biker boys, the, the jackals, they had a similar ability that allowed them to move like three times a turn. Yep. And they nerfed that into the dirt. Um, they did. So I feel like that's not intended. But currently, you can do some mortal wounds and get away for a CP. You have to. You have to jump over. The, you have to move over the unit with the with your unit. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think this is one of those so, things where you have to discuss this with your opponent or the TO yeah. because a lot of events play it as if you're um, more if you're less than four inches away, for example, you can move uh, four inches forwards go 0.001 inches over your opponent and then move two inches back. Um, (laughs) And so you you, you count as having moved over uh, the enemy unit, and so you can do some sweep mortals. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That that would be a feel bad, but at least you have to, unlike the jackals, at least you have to move over the unit, right? At least there's a little bit of control there. If your opponent is, you know, nine inches away, they can just be like, well, I'm not going to let you move over any part. We're going this way instead. Um, Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. But yeah, 100% something you should be aware of, people at home, and tell each other about the stuff. Uh, What's the next one? Uh, Counter temporal shift. One CP loan op. That's the long and short of that one. So when you're targeted. When you're targeted in the shooting phase, it's any Canoptech unit um, can't be shot by models outside of 12s, not even units outside of 12. Imagine, now, you know, getting that immortal unit into a premium position on the board. It doesn't work on immortals, Adam. I was about to say, and then you're going to realize it doesn't work on them. And that's why Liam's here. <laughs> um, but, more, but I think the crazy thing for me is I actually thing. think the biggest winner, the biggest winner for this is actually not raids. Uh, it's the Scarabs and the Doomstalker. So Scarabs, just as a quick touch on, um, they do everything they used to do, but they're an inch faster. 
they reroll all hits in this detachment, but also they now get one OC rather than zero if they're within six inches of any mm-hmm. Cryptek model, which shockingly is going to be like all your characters in this detachment. So for 80 points, you can get 24 wounds of OC1 goodness that you can just throw onto an objective out in the open and then uh, one CP loan off them, which is fine. Your opponent's not really scared of the scarabs, but if they move within 12 of the scarabs to shoot them, you're in wraith and range. So then you get charged by all the raids or shot by all the immortals. This basically forces artillery to just not be able to clear an objective. Um, and in this detachment where everything's fast and durable, this is just really potent. I can see myself using five CP on this in a game against like Tau. It's crazy. It's crazy that they gave this army loan up. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's actually it's pretty so- crazy. It's so nuts to me. All right, um, next one is suboptimal facade. Once a suboptimal, yeah, suboptimal facade. Uh, once CP, your opponent's charge phase is just after an enemy unit has declared a charge. One canoptic unit from your army that was selected as a target of the charge and is wholly within your army's power matrix, your unitary animation protocols activate. Such a weird timing for that. Such a weird term and condition uh, for that, that it's in the charge phase. As in, like, you know, it's the kind of, you're not, I'm not stuck in here with you, you're stuck in here with me. And you just bring back, you know, two more race, and all of a sudden they don't have the damage to go through. That kind of stuff is where I'm seeing this come to the fore. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I, I think it's it's not bad. I just think this is, again, in a package where it's competing with some really aggressively costed stratagems. Mm. I can see this being one of those strats that people, like, talk about at an event where... He used it because he was getting tabled and it just let him keep an objective and it just won yes. him the game or like something like yep. that. Or, you know, let's say like a, a big whack-off Dreadnought is charging your your raids. Um, you use it to bring back a Wraith on one wound just to waste an attack. Exactly. Um, right. like, like I can see it helping in niche situations, but no way it compares with like lone op reactive nah. move plus one to hit and wound it's just it's just not competing yeah it's just not up there um but that is the entirety of this detachment and like we said this is the detachment that i think is the most holistic mostly the the only reason that we're ever talking about it like this is because of the canoptic rule the fact that you can add a canoptic unit to do to so many different units in the army and then they become part of the canoptic court and get so many levels of activation that on face value you think's only applying to race and wraith like products <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, but um, so that's what that's what has really expanded this to be holistic, to be you know encompassing three like three quarters of the book almost get serious return for being in this one. And I think for me, it again it it it's a bit inconsistent where this is a detachment that benefits basically everything, whereas mm-hmm. the destroyer cult detachment doesn't even benefit destroyer cult models in their entirety. Yeah. So exactly I think right. this is just. This one is a winner. Um, there is very little wrong with this detachment, and um, I will. I think it'll be seen a lot. I think this is the the the, the people peop, where people will be starting first for all their power, uh, undeniably. Um, it, it's just so apparent how good this can be. All right, the next up is the obeisance phalanx. The attachment rule is worthy foes. In your command phase, select one enemy unit until the start of your next command phase. Each time an overlord, lichguard, or triarch unit from your army makes an attack that targets that unit, add one to the wound roll. So it is a very packaged oath of a moment on the wound roll, not the hit roll. 
yep. but very, very select units. Uh, so that's, that's anything that's been joined by an Overlord, yeah, and then Lichguard and Triarch units. Yeah, so I think this is another swing and a miss, personally, and I say that because the sprinkling of keywords in the Necron book I don't think has been done uh, let's say with a high level of vigilance is the way I'm going to uh, okay. describe that. So Overlord, Lich Guard, and Triarch units, you would think a unit such as the Overlord on a command barge would have the Overlord mm. keyword, but it does oh, not. No. Um, oh, no. You would think uh, Imitech the Stormlord, who in his little description on his data sheet says he's the Overlord of the Sautech dynasty, does not have the Overlord keyword. Uh, Traz in the Infinite. Uh, Traz in the Infinite, uh, Overlord of the Niklak Dynasty or something like that, does not have the Overlord keyword. Um, the Silent King does not have the Overlord keyword. Whoa. Um, and he also doesn't have the Triarch keyword, despite the fact that he's literally the head of the Triarch. The head of the Triarch. Um, so when you said this benefits limited units, it, it's extremely limited and doesn't benefit a lot of things that I think it probably should. Um, so... I, th I think, yeah, that it suffers in that respect. Well, this this affects less units than the Annihilation Legion now. It does. It, this is ex this is better. Like the buff is better, but it benefits very few well, units. The buff's fantastic. The buff is amazing. The the if if worthy foes, you know, was an army wide ability, not you know, packaged to three things, it would be one of the best army rules in the game. One of the it would be one of the best attachment rules in the game. Just and I think I think it would bring it, the king back as well. Plus one to wound for him is actually really oh, spicy. Oh, oh, it would be fantastic. But all right, let's jump into the enhancements. Honorable combatant is up first. Uh, Overlord model only. I think all of these are all of these are Overlord model only. Each time the bearer's unit destroys an enemy character unit, your opponent loses CP if they loses ACP if they have any. That is the first of its kind. There, I have not seen anything else. This is 10 points for the privilege, and I haven't seen anything else that does this. There's nothing else it's that just auto... It's actually pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It doesn't say to a minimum of one either. So if they have one, they got zero. Um, actually quite, I actually really like it. And see, I, I think this is funny because it doesn't even say in melee. It just says destroyed. So like you can yeah. do some funny stuff. Just chuck an overlord in some immortals. Um, mm -hmm. And if you like take the last wound off a character... Um, your opponent loses a CP. That's cool. And what's also really exciting is that there's no cap on it as well. So yeah. you can actually, like, theoretically, if you shoot and kill, like, a Gene Stealer cult unit with two characters in it, they lose two CP. Two CP. Which I think, which I think is actually pretty funny. Well, in a lot of cases, you can turn one CP into, you know, taking a CP. If, you, if, yours, if your opponent's CP are worth more than yours, you can charge them, do heroic challenge, spend a CP to burn one of their CP, essentially, to precision out and kill a character and take one off them. If theirs are worth more than yours, I think that's a really good that's a really good exchange rate. I think so too. I think it's and ten points. You'd probably take a unit with it just to sort of. I think you can force some weird scenarios. I think it's good. The only issue I have, <clears throat> so triarch units. That's Praetorians. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't think anything can join Praetorians. Nothing can join them. <laughs> yep. Nothing can join Praetorians. So Praetorians aren't doing this. Um, Lich Guard, uh, not what they were, although they're cheaper. So it could, could still be relevant. Uh, so it's an overlord joining what that is going to get this job done? It's, it's probably going to be Immortals because uh, Immortals will give you reroll wounds. Um, True. Ironically, yeah. the unit that buffs the overlords merely the most is a shooting unit. 
Well, that's very similar to yeah. Well, that yeah, yeah. Fair enough. We're we're doing that all over the world at the moment with with uh, assault intercessors and chosen and stuff. Just chucking it wherever it's going to get the best synergy. But unlike what I just said, those two units both have merely options, whereas the the immortals are just kind of fisticuffing. Yeah, what's exactly. next one, mate? Uh, unflinching will. So uh, bearers melee weapons have both precision and anti infantry five plus. Now, this is funny. What? This is funny because. Okay. Immediately, you read it and you go, okay, okay, I'm going to put two characters in a unit because Necrons can do that, and I'm going to combo the first and the second one, but they're both Overlord model only, and you can't put two Overlords in a unit. Yes. So it feels like it feels like they wrote these to work together, but they absolutely do not work do together. Not. I will say, though, that this second one is actually better in my opinion because anti-infantry 5 plus all of the overlords melee weapons are devastating wounds and when you put them in an immortals unit for reroll wounds, wounds. anti-infantry mm. 5 plus with rerolls and precision pretty much like turbos most characters mm. i was going to i was going to joke that like why does a why does a war scythe need anti-infantry 5 plus it's wounding any infantry in the game on a four or three but you're absolutely yeah. right the, the dev wounds are something yeah that would really really go over the top on people 100 um, percent precision is there any relevant shooting good. on overlords uh no because it says melee weapons uh, it, yeah that's fair as well <laughs> sorry i was bro. reaching i was reaching so hard that i forgot the word existed in this one because i was really trying <laughs> i was trying man because oh dear. <laughs> um, so up next, we've got a uh, warrior noble, also overlord model. Um, every time a melee attack targets the bearer's unit, subtract one from the hit roll. Um, again, th this is actually pretty good. I'd probably take it. Um, I think it can make a pretty durable blob, um, but just not as durable as it was before in the index so i don't know if if you're leaning into the durability i don't know if you're actually um you're trying to make something that's bad just okay rather than making the things yep. that are okay great um it will so i don't know you, if that's the way i'd go it will run you 15 points for the privilege the last one mm. is eternal conqueror overlord model only each time model in the bears unit makes an attack that targets an enemy unit within a range of an objective market you can re-roll the hit roll so is that Oh, is that um, Immortals re-rolling the hit and re-rolling the wound roll? On if they shoot is, stuff on yeah. So, that's that's a good strat. Um, I can see this detachment having, like, just actually lots of Immortals um, because, obviously, the Immortals get plus one to wound if an Overlord's leading the squad. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like honestly, you could see this detachment um, having a pretty hectic number of... Uh, Immortal units, especially with some of the strats we'll touch on in a sec. My only concern is that, like, why is this an enhancement when, like, Canoptech Court get rerolls to hit army-wide? Um, yeah. it, it, it's just, like, it feels like you're paying a points premium for something another detachment gets for free. For literally um, free. Without a character tax. Yeah. 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 As far as this but, is, as far as I'm concerned here... Um, that's that's the only one I like is the last one. The first one, I, sorry, I I love the first one, but it's it's only because of its cuteness. The the amount of it's times it's not I'm actually super competitive. No, it's not actually going to happen that often that I tax my opponent's CP. But the idea of it excites me a lot, and I love it. The middle two, uh, oh. I've uh, they suck as far as I'm concerned. They're not great. The minus one to hit, but only in melee. Um, 
is not awful, but I don't know if it's ever going to matter. Where, like, if, if I've got a unit of Immortals with a with an Overlord, um, minus one hit probably isn't going to save them from a relevant unit. It's probably not going to touch the sides. Um, but Eternal Conqueror is quite good. Um, it is a, just a the first one that is a direct holistic, slap down, hit harder, going to do more buff, which I quite like. All right, mate. Um, first of the stratagems, your time is nigh. One CP. Cool name for strat. It is fantastic. <laughs> Any phase just after your opponent's Warlord is destroyed. So a hard uh, time and condition to meet. And it's, it targets your Necron Warlord. Until the end of the battle, each time an enemy unit takes a battle shock or leadership test, subtract one from the result. So, uh, <clears throat> one CP, I've killed your warlord. Your entire army is Negron battle shock. Yeah, for the, for the entire rest of the game. Yeah. Yep. Just, just, um, just, bada bing, bada boom, done. I pretty much never see myself using this um, because even if, yeah, for, just for any CP cost, um, I don't see myself not wanting to do like a CP reroll instead of this. That's mm. what I always ask myself. Would I rather a random CP reroll or this? And I would rather the CP reroll. Yeah, this isn't great. It's um yeah, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, had, I, I don't really know. Way, if you had a way to trigger a bunch of battle shocks that to key to key off this, like if you had some way to synergize this into into a boost to like, you know, flip objectives or whatnot, m- maybe. Like or if there or if there's something in the sorry if there is is units in the codex that you know point and cause battle shock maybe that I haven't seen yet, um, but as it sits right now, yeah, I wouldn't be using the CP. Yeah, but there are some pretty spicy other well, stratagems in the attachment I really like. Pretty sure that's the worst one. So that is the worst one. So started low and we're building up. So next is enslaved artifice. This is a battle tactic strat, shooting or fight phase. Um, but I yet have no idea why this even specifies the fight phase. Touch on that in a sec. Uh, one Necron unit from your army uh, that hasn't been selected to shoot a fight. Basically, five plus scores a critical hit. Now this is this Power. is really really cool. Um, Very for powerful. a whole bunch of different reasons. One CP critical fives is something again. You're going to use this five, maybe even more times a game, because there are lots of shooting units that have lethal hits or sustained hits, mm-hmm. and I can honestly see you just procking it over and over and over again. Um, even some little, like little late game things, like an annihilation barge, for example, just making their Tesla weapon go off on fives is nice. a really yep. big deal. Um, Twenty immortals, either the Tesla or the lethal hits going off on fives, awesome. And because it's battle tactic, you could be doing this twice a phase for one CP. Um, really, this is actually just an and excellent stratagem. Um, back, to the, back to the enhancements, Eternal Conqueror, giving you four rolls to hit if shooting something on an objective marker. Yes. You really get to put these two together and have a really beautiful shooting package. A really good shooting package. I, I actually think the funny thing about this is that it benefits units that are – it's just Necron units. It, it's not Overlord. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can do some weird stuff like uh, the Transcendent Katan has sustained Ooh. hits on his melee attacks. So one CP, you get double the number of sustained hits now, a, a pretty reasonable spike potential on five, eight attacks. Yep. Um, there's like lots and lots and lots of little examples. Um, you know, Silent King's melee attacks have lethal hits, so fives, auto wound, lots of little examples where like this actually benefits. I like it a lot. I think this is fan-freaking-tastic. Um, it's really good. N- 
Nano assembly protocols, one CP is up next. Your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase just after an enemy unit has selected its targets. One Necron's vehicle unit from your army that was selected as a target. And you get minus one damage. Premium. Is uh, is a Silent King a Necron vehicle, mate? He certainly is a Necron vehicle. And um, this is this is the detachment I feel like he wanted to be in for plus one to wound. He might not get the plus one to wound, but he does get Neg one damage. And that is just really, really good. It's literally the overlord of overlords. Why doesn't it not have the overlord keyword? That's that's 100%. You've you've checked that. It's 100% confirmed, yeah? Yeah, I have, unfortunately. Uh, that, that that just frustrates me. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's just a miss, and he gets it in the next FAQ or something. Um, yeah. But this is this is good, right? Minus apart from the Overlord, I hear very good things about monoliths. I'm not sure this is the monolith detachment. I think the monolith detachment is next. But some of the vehicles are looking pretty shiny at the moment. Um, apart from monolith and um, SK, any other vehicles taking your fancy? Look. I genuinely see a world where, like, a, a mech Necron army could actually be pretty spicy. Like, I've always loved Ghost Arcs, uh, yep. but a Ghost Arc with Neg 1 damage and a 4-up invo and 14 wounds is, like, a suspiciously durable profile for 120 disgusting. points. Yeah, disgusting. Um, and, you know, you could just do, like, 10-man warriors that got a bit cheaper with an Overlord in, like, each of those. Um, now that there's two Overlord models, you can take, like, six of them, basically, in an army. Um, so y- you could do something like that. I think it'd be cute. But I think this is made for the Silent King. That's really what it's for. Yeah. Fair. All right. What's next? Uh, next, we have Sentinels of Eternity. Um, it's got lots of words in it, but it's basically a fight on death on a 4 plus for Lich Guard or mm-hmm. Triarch Praetorians. Exactly um, yep. That's okay. But the fact that it's a 4 plus um, just makes me. Uh, like it makes me skeptical to use it unless it's a really nice situation. I, I don't see it being widely used. Yeah, I don't I don't love it either. Um I mean at four plus, you gotta So what I hate about this and what I've hated about all of these so far is that you have to use the CP before you know how many of your models have died. Exactly. So, this is what is always the TNC, and in in this in this specifically in this detachment, I wonder if this is just not a non-premium way to spend a CP. Unless you know it's like Angron's made it into ten Praetorians, and he's going to kill all ten, so you're going to get fifty percent return. But the worst thing that happens is somebody charges in, kills three guys, and one of them fights for a CP, and you're like, that's it. that was a crap CP. Because um, I've seen that happen a lot in forty yeah. so far. Uh, the next up is Suffer No Rival. This is one CP as well. It's in the fight phase. Uh, one Lich Guard or... This is a battle tactic, sorry, also. Uh, it's a Lich Guard or Triarch unit from your army that has uh, not been selected to fight. Until the end of the phase, merely weapons equipped by models in a unit have precision. So one CP precision. Um, and I will say Honorable Combatants is when it, you know the taxing and taking away uh, CP from your opponent is the bearer's unit destroys an enemy character model. So you can definitely try and punk him out with the unit as well as just the character with the precision strats. Uh, is this any good though? So I, I really like it and I like it because it's one CP and it's battle tactic. I can see this being pretty cool again on like Overlord with Lich Guard, but also the thing that I like the most about um, this stratagem is that you don't actually need the overlord in the squad. So like little squads of tri Praetorians rolling around, you just happen to get in the right position to like punk a character is just kind of worth it um, for, for one CP. I think this is a bit of a win. Um, I like the idea that because it's not an enhancement, you can have like six squads and any of them can gain precision at will. 
Um, it, it's good. I almost, I, think it's- I almost think this is the the one you tell your opponents about and rarely use because this is the one you're going to say, look, all these guys can have precision. So hide all your characters behind walls, mate. Just all of them. You've got to hide them all the time. Or it's, kill it's true, right? It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I like it a lot. All right, last one. Territorial Obsession. Big fan. This this is one I really like. This is your command phase. Now, this this is important. It says your command phase, not when in your command phase. So it's before scoring. Premium. One Lich Guard, a Triac Praetorian unit. Add one to the OC of... Um, those the models in that unit, and if it's got the vehicle keyword, add three to the OC. Ooh, now, yeah. um, so the vehicle part, basically ignore that. It's just the Triarch Stalker. Don't stress about it. But Lich Guard, right? Normally OC1, OC2 with the Strat, OC3 with a Catacomb Command Barge. So y- you are you can push Lich Guard to the OC that Necron Warriors used to be, basically, in like the old Horde lists. That is just good. Um, I think that is a really competitively costed stratagem. And the only thing, the only thing stopping it from being really exceptional is that it's Lich Guard and Triarch Praetorian rather mm-hmm. than Overlord, Overlord Lich Guard yeah. and Triarch Praetorians. Yeah. Because yeah. as soon as I read that, I got really excited and I thought maybe you could do Overlord in 20 Warriors, bump them to OC3, then bump them to OC4 with a Catacomb Command Barge. And I was like, whoa, now we are up spicy territory. Um, but no, it's just the Lich Guard and Praetorians, which I'm still not sure if either of those units, as is, like on in Codex, are competitive unit choices. Mm, fair. Well, let's talk about the ob- ob- obeisance phalanx as a whole, because if you just ignored... If you just ignored the keywords that this army, this attachment keys off, this is a fantastic package. This is actually a very good package. Two good enhancements and uh, legitimately five good stratagems. Four, four very good. One, the fight on death, extremely situational. One, absolute nothing burger. But four top tier strats. Agreed. The issue is the keywords suck so much. So much. Yeah. It's so restrictive. See, I, I really feel like this detachment, what it was trying to do is make like the characters and the elite Necron units more killy and have all this tech. But what it did was it picked the two Necron units that are the currently like the, the worst, I think, at doing what they want to do mm-hmm. and said, you're slightly better. And then it made characters that have, very niche selection of those characters better. I think if this yeah. was just a little bit broader, if you know they, they used a few less, yeah. if it was just like Necron character models, for example, mm-hmm. um, character models or units led by characters get plus one to wound, this would be awesome. This would be like the Catan and the Silent King detachment. This would be like where you yes. could build a, a mech uh, or character-heavy list that would be really exciting, uh, but it does not work that way. There could not be a greater juxtaposition and example of what is correct and right about the Canoptic Court and wrong about the Phalanx. Because correct. the reason the Canoptic Court is good is because it has a broad brush and applies to a multitude of different units with good, solid things. And then the Abdistance Phalanx has good, solid things uh, applied to the smallest of small sandboxes. You get to play with such a minuscule portion of the book. It is. I think it's also, it, it's, it seems like an odd juxtaposition as well that even though the Canoptech Court, again, paints a broad brush and benefits lots mm. of units, it's also 
chapter master rerolls to hit for every unit, right? Whereas whereas the Obeisance Legion is pick one enemy unit, Mm -hmm. and then even then only a small subset of your army gets plus one to wound. Not full rerolls to wound, just plus one to wound. And so I'm like, it's a worse buff on worse units and fewer units, and it's more restrictive. Everything about it's worse. It is, yeah. I have to say, I found this detachment more disappointing uh, than everything else so far. This 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 one was really disappointing to me because I love the idea of this detachment so much. This this represents a lot of what I love about Necrons, the kind of noble disdain for the the peasant races and species out there. Come and keep the the riffraff in line. Yeah, exactly right. And then you get to it, and it's like, oh wow, it's just two bad units trying their best. (laughs) I'm hoping. I'm sincerely hoping a balanced data slate. Um, well, j- j- just clarify some of those keywords, and I think it could be viable after that. There's no way SK isn't supposed to have the Overlord keyword, right? Please tell me there's no way SK isn't supposed to have Yeah, it. and like, like imita- Overlord on a command barge, not having yes. the Overlord keyword. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, come on, guys. Let's, 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 let's just be reasonable for a second. And well, speaking to that, if that does happen, how much does this, how, how far does this go up in your estimation? So, I seriously say this, you know, I've always been biased. I love the Silent King. I think the Silent King, as he is now, if he can just every turn go neg one damage, I actually think he is a very competitive unit. Right? He, love to hear that. he basically outperforms almost anything else in 40k. He is now super reliable and his buffs work in shooting and melee. Like real hits and wounds of one for everything within six. He has a two up armor, four up invo. He can get a six up feel no pain. And now if he's neg one damage as well, he is phenomenally durable. And he's got the men here who come back to life and heal D3. Yeah. For wow. his cost, if you can do this detachment and it benefits him and he also gets plus one to wound, I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, take my money. I will play the Obeisance Legion. I, I, I will do it straight yeah. away. I'll just play it. But it currently does nothing cool. other than neg one damage for him. And so I can't justify it right now. I really feel like you were just the voice of like 80% of the Necron players right now. Just give me a reason to play Silent King. Make me Let yeah. me feel good about him, please. Um, I want to use my that. Silent King, whose base is colored in with highlighter. I, <laughs> I am enthusiastic to play the uh, worst painted Silent King in 40K, and I would like yeah. to do it again. Yuck. All right. Let's get into this last one. Hypercrypt, Hypercrypt Legion. Now, this is boom, very, boom. very spicy. Um, I think this is the coolest detachment. Maybe not the most competitive, but it's pretty close. It's pretty It's pretty good. It's. I think it's sitting in the middle. It's. 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 it's I think it's the second best, personally. Agree. Yeah. Actually, maybe the third best. Um, Awakened Dynasty is still very good. Um, hyperphasing. Essentially, it's Grey Knights. At the end of your opponent's turn, you can select a number of Necron units from your army and put them in Strat Reserve. And Strike Force yep. being the, the competitive level of the game, you can put three units into Strategic Reserve, and once you've made your selections, remove the units from the battlefield. Already, that is just like mind-blown. The, the, throw out the playbook. We can just do everything, people. It's, it's, it's wild out there. What are your thoughts? So, love it. It's really competitive. I actually like the caveat that it's strategic reserves. So, units that hyperphase can't just deep strike for free, for example, without having to do some other stuff we'll talk on later. I think I think it's intentional, but I think the thing that stops this being busted is you can't go turn one. Because 
Um, and that's according to um, the uh, World Championships of Warhammer FAQ, um, that you can't put things in strat reserves and bring them out uh, turn one. Um, so, uh, look, I, I'm not yet sure if that's going to be a long-lived thing for 40K, depending on the events you go to and if you use, mm-hmm. like, WTC or Rules Written. That can change. I do think that it is their intent to make it so that you can't go turn one. And I say that because there's a stratagem later on in this detachment that theoretically, if you could go turn one, I think is extremely uninteractive and would be really, really oppressive. Um, And so I feel like that's their intent. However, Mm -hmm. if you're playing at an event where you can go turn one, Bob's your uncle, this is an amazing detachment. Yeah, yeah, ride that wave until you hear otherwise. Uh, First of the enhancements, Dimensional Overseer. Um, Necrons model only. It's funny how they need to put Necrons model only on the start of the Necron. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, While the bearer is on the battlefield or in strategic reserve, add one to the number of units from your army that can be selected for the hyper phasing rule. So you go from three to four in a competitive 2000 point game. Um, Is that a big deal? Look, I think depending on how you build your list, that could be an auto take. I mean, you're basically just doing 33% more of your own detachment ability. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, cool. it's only it's only it's only ten points. I think you probably just do that. Yeah, you're, the, you're already buying. The thing that's in, weird right? about it though is that it only works if he's on the battlefield. So I can see some weird scenarios where, depending on what you put it on, he can like phase out and then not benefit. <laughs> and then not benefit. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny actually. Uh, what's the next one? Um, Arisen Tyrant. This is the premium one. Uh, Necron's model only. Each time a model in the bearer makes an attack, real hit rolls of one. But if the bearer's unit was set up on the battlefield this turn, lol, your detachment ability, you can re-roll the hit roll in its entirety ooh, instead. Ooh, now, ooh, yeah. my favorite for this, as soon as I saw this, I was like, yes, I can finally do the unit I've always wanted to do. Locust Lord, three heavy Locust Destroyers, not with the anti-tank gun, with the anti-infantry yeah, gun. That shot. bad boy unit shoots 36 shots base with exploding fives, sustained hits, and now re-rolls all hits. We're talking like 50-plus hits Mm -hmm. from that unit, and then it re-rolls once to wounds as well against anything that's not vehicle or monster. Great, great, great enhancement. Fantastic. I think uh, 25 points, if I remember correctly. Worth it. Uh, Risen Tyrant. Yeah, 25 points. I'd take it. Um, hyperspatial transfer node. Uh, each time the bearer's unit advances, do not make an advance roll for it. Instead, order advance six. Um, in to, uh, just add six to the move instead. Uh, is this any good? So 15, this is actually pretty good. This is pretty good on a unit of wraiths. Hilariously, just to guarantee they move sixteen. Mm. Um, but it's a bit odd because they also just released a new Necron character that has the same ability on his data sheet. Um, yeah. So it kind of feels weird that we're paying points for something that the models you want to sell get for free. Um, yeah, not sure about that. I feel like that's yeah. the worst of the lot. Anyone, um, any good assault weapons, assault guns? Yeah, so I- Immortals um, with yep. um, well, Tesla Carbines, except uh, Immortals can also take that Overlord that we just talked about. The true, yeah, uh, just gets to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a bit weird. All right, what's the last one? Um, Osteoclave Fulcrum. Uh, Necron's model only, important clarification there. Um, yeah, the, 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 unit, the unit gains Deep Strike. So that is, a win. that is a win of an uh, enhancement because, of course, if you have Deep Strike, when you're arriving from strategic reserves, 
um, you can use the deep strike rule instead. Um, so it basically bypasses a lot of the restrictions of this mm. detachment and is really, really potent. Um, That's an auto-include to me. That is for me, 100%. Absolutely. In 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 the army list, yeah. The the second one and the last one are the two order includes the reels to hit, and that one, and then the add one adding one more to your count for ten points is probably in as well. But. Yeah, I I can see you spending like the fifty points or whatever it is on three enhancements. I, I think they're worth it. I think they're worth it in, in this case. Uh, the package, yeah, the package is very good, and they're all they're all very synergistic. The deep strike one is just hundred percent needed. What what unit would you do that with though? So I think it would be really, really valuable actually um, on, for example, a unit of raids or even a little Lich Guard unit or something like that and rapid ingress them. Um, so you'd start them in reserve and then like rapid ingress to set them up because a lot of these melee units or even a Scorpec unit, a lot of the melee units struggle with delivery in Necrons. Mm. And I think just giving them deep strike gives you so much flexibility on where you can put them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 100%, you can't take enhancements on Catan, do you? 100%. Because, yeah, that's exactly where I'd be putting it. But the, o- the, the only one you could take an enhancement on previously was the Transcendent, who actually has yeah. Deep Strike anyway. Anyway. So, Fantastic. yeah, this is, this is actually, we'll touch on it a bit later, this is actually the detachment I can see, like, Monster Mash Necrons. Correct. Um, that, that's, that's pretty much what I was getting at. This, this is the one where I... Two Catan is not going to be seem too spicy for the Hypercube Legion, but sorry, mate. No. Um, and like you touched on, the overall package of this, this detachment synergizes really well, and the stratagems mm-hmm. keep up the theme, which is pretty, pretty disgusting. Um, All right. Crack on. Yeah, so look, this... Th- just quickly, I'm going to be a negative Nelly for a sec. This is really bizarre, because this detachment has literally zero battle tactic stratagems. Mm-hmm. I... Don't really understand why the Destroyer Cult army has four when it doesn't benefit overlords, which get free battle tactics, but the detachment that makes you want to spam overlords um, has no battle tactic. So the hamster, was, the hamster was tired that day. Yeah, um, the, the, the Emperor's Tarot did not benefit us that day. Um, <laughs> so, look, yeah, weird, weird stuff. But, yeah, no battle tactics at all here, so I'll just skip over what type of stratagem they are. Uh, yeah, this, this the stratagems here can be broadly broken down into for the monolith and not for the monolith. Dude, <laughs> it's, basi- it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically what they are. So uh, we're starting off with a monolith strat because they really want you to use a monolith in this detachment. This is a two CP strat. Now, this is situational. Good, situational for two CP, but could be game changing. Your opponent's shooting or fight phase just after they've shot or fought one Necron's infantry unit from your army that has had a model destroyed. You basically yeet the um, Necron infantry unit uh, and it gets to be redeployed wholly within six of your monolith model, but not within engagement range of enemy units. So you can go as close as you want to enemy units reactively after you lose one model. This is super good. For so many reasons. Um, You can steal an objective from your opponent. Sure. You can keep an infantry unit alive. Sure. You can reclaim an objective. Sure. You can teleport back to your own DZ, reanimate, go back into hyperphase, and then come back on a different location next turn and rinse and repeat. If this was one CP, this would be spammed. So I understand why it's two CP. Hmm. The reason why I think this is a bit odd 
is, for example, keywords. Um, Wraiths are beasts, but if they have a Mm -hmm. Technomancer in the unit, they get the infantry keyword. Um, Yeah. So they're not infantry models, but this stratagem goes off infantry unit. So you you can use this on Wraiths as well. So your opponent shoots a Wraith unit, they lose a model, they lose a model, they lose a model. You get down to like one or two Wraiths, a manageable package, and now you teleport them away. So you make them waste all their shooting, and then you get the unit to safety anyway. Um, There's so many cool things you can do with this strat. I love it. And if it was one CP, um, I think that it would be really abusable. However, like I said, this stratagem probably should be one CP. And I say that because one CP is aggressive, but the stratagem has a 350-point tax. Tax. The the monolith. Yeah. So I, I think even though it's awesome, it's unique. I've not seen something like this before. And I, I want to love it. At the end of the day, I don't because the monolith tax for it, also a 2CP strat, is a huge investment game. Well, are you saying a monolith isn't an auto include, mate? Get out of here. Get out of town. I'm sorry, Adam. I can't lie to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I actually don't hate the monolith data sheet. I still just hate the, sh- the sheer logistics of the model. It's the just logistics uh, of the model in certain terrain wrong. packs, it's unplayable. It's just, exactly right. you, you actually exactly. just can't use it. You can't use yeah. it. That's, that's my biggest issue with the monolith. Because I actually look at the data sheet now, and I'm like, that's actually about where it needs to be to be takeable. Uh, and yeah. then, yikes. You're like trying to physically use the model is just the worst. Um, it's impossible. Quantum deflection up next. This is another monolith stratagem. One CP, your opponent's shooting phase or the flight phase, uh, just after one of your vehicles has been targeted. That vehicle and models in its unit have a four plus invulnerable save. I don't know of any vehicle model units. Well, I don't know why they would need that distinction. But anyway, they got a four up involved. It's good. Yeah, that's weird. That. Um, oh, I know. Can well, it take spiders? Spiders. Spiders. Spiders, maybe. There we is, go. Is, Spiders are good. Three spiders with a four involved are probably very annoying to kill. Can you take two now? It sucks. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Uh, they got the Talos. Talos. Uh, anyway, uh, good strat. What's the next one? That's that's good. Uh, next one is reanimation crypts. This is actually pretty synergistic. Uh, your command phase. Uh, it targets your Necron's Warlord, and it means for each of your Necron units in reserves, all your units in reserves, they get to activate their reanimation protocols. This is good. Yeah. Yep, this is good. I'm pretty happy with this. And again, really benefits the Monster Mash style, where if you've removed units from the board, you, you really want your Catans to be healing. And for one CP, I probably would uh, heal my Catan. The issue is, again, though, is that um, and what I think is crippling about this is that it has to target your Warlord. And you obviously can't target mm-hmm. your Warlord with strats if they're off the table. Off the, table. the other problem is, if you're playing the Silent King, he must be your Warlord. So basically, mm-hmm. if you teleport the Silent King, you cannot use this stratagem. Correct. Ever. Um, Correct. And I think this is actually the detachment where the Silent King is premium. Uh, so that, that really disappoints me a little bit where if I'm actually using my detachment ability on the King, I can't use this strat. So, mm. yeah. Bit frustrating. All right. But up, that is yeah. balanced. That is balanced, is, Adam, by is, cosmic, cosmic precision, the threading the needle stratagem, the one CP most incredible stratagem in this package. When a unit is arriving, and this is important, when a unit is arriving by deep strike or hyperfacing, you can place that entire unit 
three inches horizontally rather than nine inches horizontally from all enemy models. Of course, game cannot, changer. cannot declare a charge. This is a game changer and it compounds. So it's a game changer because three inch deep strike is obviously good, but it benefits things that are just coming in from hyperphase as well. So things that mm-hmm. don't organically have the deep strike ability basically gain super deep strike. Um, a Catan shard just appearing three inches away from you is terrifying. terrifying. The, the Silent King, terrible. the Silent King just appearing in your deployment zone three inches away. Cool. You know, like there's uh, this will be used every turn. There, there is no if, ands, or buts about this one. This, this is the this is the true activator for the entire army. They're taking taking something that could not have made it onto an objective because it was just going to be walking on from the site, and then just taking an objective wherever you want. Like you'd almost want to take ten warriors just because you can just be like, well, my objective. Um. <laughs> well, you can you can do um, like ten warriors and a chronomancer, for example, appear three away and then move, shoot, move. Yes. So even Wild. if they've managed to screen the three-inch deep strike, you can do a move after the three-inch deep Correct. strike. Um, so, like, honestly, this army's ability to steal objectives is really potent. Pretty much unparalleled. That That is the best. It's incre- incredible. Incredible. All right. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and unlike every other detachment, these guys have multiple 2CP <laughs> strategies. Dimensional Corridor is up next. Um, it's in your charge phase. One Necron's unit from your army that was set up on the battlefield this turn using the Eternity Gate ability of the Monolith. Um, that's and the Monolith had to start on the battlefield. That unit is eligible to charge this phase. So tell us how this works, mate. So this is really good because again, it's infantry unit, so it can benefit. Um, oh, sorry, it's Necron unit, but the Monolith's ability only benefits infantry. So um, in raids, Lich Guard, Praetorians, Scorpex, lots of lots of good examples. And basically, charging out of the Monolith means you can be Two inches away, essentially. Yeah, yeah. The problem with this is that it's a three hundred and fifty point tax. I see so many. Three hundred and fifty point tax for the monolith. It's then a two CP tax for the stratagem that you can't discount in any way. It's then the fact that Necron melee kind of sucks, and the the biggest and final problem is that they added a caveat to the stratagem that the monolith has to start the turn Mm -hmm. on the battlefield. So your building has to somehow navigate between the terrain and then be in a favorable enough position to dump melee units out for 2CP, and then they have to make their charge. It feels like they were trying to make combat easier. I would have much rather just 1CP advance and charge. Correct. (laughs) 100%. 100%. This... this, I know what they're trying to do here. Like, they're trying to make the monolith competitive. they have actually not made it economical to take the monolith, in my opinion, because mm. giving it one CP four up invo is cute, but it has a two up armor anyway. So that's not really improving its durability against most things, in my opinion. Yes. And then, uh, so the biggest issue here is as a, play, a player, if I played against the monolith, all I all I do is just control where the monolith goes, and none of these stratagems work. And it's very easy to control where the monolith goes. Um, if I, I, I'm uh, cool, I'm going to not let the the monolith move towards me by just putting a nonsense unit where it wants to land, and then its huge base has to land on the uh, in in front of me, and therefore you cannot use this stratagem effectively. Uh, it's yeah, it um, the monolith just just gets worse 
uh, the more you you deep dive it, and it's all just about the logistics. Like I said, the logistics of the model, and the same reason the Bane Blade is rough to use. You know, it's just a giant yeah. model on a game with uh, a, so much of the table has terrain on it now. See, it's funny. We were having a bit of a chat about as much as I understand the model's not built that way. But if you just chucked the monolith on a flyer stand and said that it could overhang like ruins, the, like the Tesseract, yeah, yeah, it would actually immediately become. I'm not going to say good. I'm going to say usable. Is the word I'm going to use? Like, like <laughs> yeah, literally fair. possible to be played in 40k. Oh, well, I, I still think they're usable. I just don't think you can convince me they're good. I think you can definitely take one, but I do not expect to be seeing them in in the in. Well, I actually think, funnily enough, that the Art of War um, data sheet uh, tier list had them in top tier, had Monolith in top tier, and I am just so ready and waiting to see Richard try and convince people. Yeah, convince me that is good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I am so I'm really sorry. sorry. I could not disagree more. I think the monolith is absolutely a building, and inside the building is just your shit storage. Um, it's it's literally a Howard storage world um, on wheels. Uh, I love it. All right, we got one more, one more, and we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, entropic damping one CP. Your opponent's shooting phase just after your enemy has selected its targets. One Titanic model from your army that was selected as a target of one or more of the attacking units attacks and is not within eighteen of the attack unit and the effect is all the weapons that it they are targeting essentially the monolith or the tesseract vault or obelisk uh become hazardous this seems really weird and i'm not quite sure if it's good i mean i can see some situations where it can be okay but few and far between yeah look i think um I don't ever see myself spending a CP on this when I could spend a CP to deep strike three inches away. Correct. Um, I also don't think I'd ever spend a CP on this when I could spend a CP on four up invo, for example. Like if you're shooting me with, I don't know, eradicators or something, I'm probably not going to give your guns hazardous in the one in six chance that I might kill an eradicator. Um, and ironically, like things like inceptors or tower crisis suits already have hazardous. Um, so like the crazy shooting stuff, a lot of it already does have it. Um, it would be so much. It would be so much cuter if you could make it more hazardous. Like it's hazardous on a one or a two. Then I would actually. I'd be consider it. Spicy. I definitely would. Um, yeah. I don't think that stratagem is a hit, but the overall package is a hit. Mm. All right, that brings us to the end of what we're going to be able to do for the review. We've gotten through all the detachments. It's time to put them in a little bit of an order. I do think the best. Um, best attachment is not arguable. The Knopfy Court is above, above and beyond better than the rest. But I actually think the next two are debatable. What do you think is the next best after the Knopfy Court? So I want to like the Hyperphase. And I think that the Hyperphase um, Legion probably is the second best detachment rules-wise. But interestingly, I don't think it actually synergizes with the Necron Codex as well. And what I mean by that mm. is... I think the hyperphase wants you to take like high damage single model units like Catan, Silent King, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. That's really, really cool. But you're ho- if you build a whole army of roughly that, you're going to have like 40 OC max on the table. You're going to have yes. like, your, your ability to actually play the mission is pretty poor. Um, you're CP hungry. And you don't really have much other to contribute. I fully understand you can take like warrior units and stuff but they suck. They're going to die immediately to a stiff breeze. So um, 
I, I feel like the hyperphase is a better package, like you've said. Mm-hmm. But for Necrons, I actually still like the Awakened Dynasty would be my exactly. like uh, second pick. The detachment rule, plus one to hit if you have a character in your unit, awesome. Benefits all the squads. The stratagems do everything from buff shooting yeah. to be more defensive to reroll wounds. You know, th- th- there's a bit of everything in there. And I think that detachment actually, ironically, is a second best pick for raids making raids hit on threes always and make your technomancer basically immune to precision is just good for that detachment there's very little not to like about the awakened dynasty um so i think awakened dynasty is second but with a pretty close third from the old hyperphase boys me too me too. That's exactly my gut as well. I think the Hypercrypt needs a very specific build, and it might mean that, you know, in the long run, the Hypercrypt, you know, is better six months from now after people have figured out exactly what needs to go in there and what needs to get the, the, the absolute premium mileage out of it. Because, I mean, I, I think of stuff like hex marks jumping up, jumping down every turn, just just doing a bunch of sniping, a bunch of um, annoying stuff is pretty good, but, you know, there's a lot of testing that needs to go into it, whereas the Awakened Dynasty, I feel like, is a very broad brush, take a lot of the army and make it more better. And then it just kind of, after those those three, it's just... <laughs> who's worse, the Obeisance Phalanx or the Annihilation Legion? I, it is... Jeez, oh, that's, that's, that's tough. See, I think... Rough. I actually, I actually think, and this hurts me, I actually think the Obeisance Legion is worse. Annihilation. I actually do, and uh, that's Me an unpopular too. opinion. Oh, unpopular it opinion. So much. It sucks so much, but the Annihilation Legion doesn't like. It, it actively does buff some units that I want to use. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think, for example, if you were going to take Scorpex anyway, you take one that can stop fallback and do some cool yep. stuff, yep. and you, you could theoretically win some games off that. That is exactly why I think the Annihilation Legion is better, because it has some stuff in there you can't get anywhere else. And it does things people are not ready for, are not prepared for, and have not been widely seen in the game of 40k. It actually brings a lot of X Factor. Um, Whereas the Obeisance Legion, apart from, you know, once per tournament, taking a CP off your opponent as you cackle, uh, really doesn't bring anything (laughs) new to the fore. Yeah, I I think the Obeisance Legion really missed the mark um, because Triarch Praetorians, some people took them um, previously, like some people really liked them with the particle casters. They're still 250 points for 10 of them, which is way too many points. And you can make Lich Guard, you know, I guess as cheap as you like, but they don't really do damage they're not durable anymore, and they move five. So I'm not really sure what Lich Guard are actually good at because um, they don't seem to be good at anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're now like 95 points or 85 points. 85. For, but, um, which is cheap, but I'd still, like, I'd honestly just, I don't see why I would take a unit of Lich Guard. Mm-hmm. So the units that this detachment benefits are poo, in my opinion. <laughs> And the units that I wanted this to benefit, like the king and stuff, it just doesn't. Um, so, yeah, honestly, obeisance is a firm last from me. All right. On that note, we're going to go through our usual two ranking places and two ranking metrics for this codex. Firstly, as a Necron player, as a Necron general, and as one of the best Necron players in the world, un- un- 
debatably even, it's not even debatable. Um, how happy are you with this codex out of 10? Nine. So, oh, he, 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 so, he, so, so here's why I'm nine, and it's not because I have very low expectations of Games Workshop to begin with. <laughs> it's because I read this book, and it has fundamentally changed how the army plays, and so I like that. I like that it's not, it doesn't feel like a DLC. It feels like a new game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm happy with this codex because most of these detachments and most of the data sheet changes have viable options in them. And there's not one that just immediately... The Canoptech is powerful, but even in Canoptech, I can see a number of different builds within that. Nothing immediately just goes, this is broken, this is crazy. There are a couple of things, like that sinusure of eradication stratagem, that I think just with a data slate can be easily fixed up. There's nothing 100%. apart from obeisance legion, obeisance phalanx, sorry, that just feels fundamentally broken. I think, for me, what makes me the most happy is that when I read this codex, the things that my opponents used to not enjoy, like the things that used to make games against yeah. me yeah. less enjoyable, are gone. The The Necron warriors that reanimate forever are just not, it's uninteractive, it's just not a thing anymore. I think that's good game design. And the deeper I go down that rabbit hole, the happier I get. Because mm. if we get more codexes that give you diverse options but are not just objectively crazily powerful, the game has longevity. For the first edition ever, where power creep is not just this rife force in the game. Mm. And I feel like the Marine Codex was well-written. I feel like the Tyranid Codex maybe it's a little bit of a boost, but overall is well-written. And if the Necron and Admet Codexes follow suit, where they're not just like immediately the best thing in 40k. Correct. I yep. am I am nine out of ten happy, even if mm. there are some things that can be improved. It's the only reason I'm not ten out of ten. Fantastic. And how would you say where would you say the Necron Codex comes in on the power scales? Is it is it tipping the balance up with Chaos Space Rings and Eldari? Is it in the A, you know, in the S tier or is it in firmly in the A tier or the B tier, C tier or D tier, mate? So I I'm gonna put it in A tier. Um I think it yep, is me too. So I, I think it is strong. I think especially like, let's say, an optimized Canoptech Court build is definitely like a high A tier. Yep. But I don't think it has um, the ability to project damage the way that like CSM does, where if CSM exactly. want a unit gone anywhere on the table, they, Just, they can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, agree. Um, and Eldar can jank about. Although I do, I do not mind the and conceptually. I do like the Eldar matchup for Necrons in some ways. I think Night Spinners are still horrendously annoying for, especially for the Wraith build. But uh, they, I think that's a winnable matchup. I think that is a matchup that Necrons can build for and play for and get yeah. good at. I think um, uh, three Canoptech Doomstalkers are actually now like I, I'm playing with three. Um, like today, uh, I've got a game. That's nice. Yep, yep, yep. Um, because uh, I had three from like the start of the edition, never put them on the table before. Uh, but now, like in all seriousness, 135 points, right? For a yep. 12 wound, four up invo chassis um, yep. that has a strength 14 gun that now rerolls all hits um, if they stay in your own DZ. But the thing for me that I think tips it over the edge is it's you can loan up them now. They're Canoptech. So. Yes. It's kind of like the Nurgle Forge Fiend, except it's different because you have it's much cheaper for one, but mm. also 
you have a built-in four-up invo. So what I'd do, what I intend to do, is let people shoot me, do a bit of damage to it, and when it's nearly dead, then you loan up it. Then you loan up it. I can actually see some, yes, it's some really cool, some really cool stuff with the Doomstalkers. Mm. I think that um, it 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 can scuffle with the best of them, but it's definitely not S tier. Yeah. Well, on that note, mate, we're going to have to wrap it up. Um, please come over and join us for part two, where we're going to be answering a bunch of listener questions. But, dude, I am so excited for this book and uh, really happy to hear you are as well. So say your goodnights, mate. Please go over and check out The Normal Blokes Where. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. We do put some stuff up on YouTube. Uh, our November campaign has just ended, but we're going to be cracking on with some new episodes and some Christmas content too. So please check us out. Fan-freaking-tastic. Please support some good old Australian 40K content. And, dude, you've been absolutely gent. Thank you so much again for coming on. And, yeah, enjoy Always your welcome. metal men goodness out there. Uh, the Necrons are going to be here, there, and everywhere, I think. But, yeah, say good night, mate. See you, guys. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.